Hello and welcome to Monocle on Culture. I'm Robert Bounds. Summer is here and it's the perfect time to discover new music, whether you're on the hunt for soothing sunny records or some serious head-nodding beats. To give us the inside scoop on what we should be listening to in the coming weeks, from some of the biggest names in music to the more esoteric kind, I'm joined today by Kate Hutchinson, music journalist and host of The Last Bohemians podcast, and by Christine Ochefu, music and culture journalist. So if you're planning on sweating it out on the dance floor or sweating it out as you turn sausages on the barbecue, yeah. Kate, smiling at that. Monocle on Culture is here to provide your summer soundtrack. Welcome both to the programme. Lovely to have you here. Hi, Kate. Hi. hi. I'm just sweating just at everything on the bus getting here, just in general. So we should have rewritten the thing to say if you're sweating it out on the dance floor or if you're just Kate Hutchinson generally (laughs) in warm London. (laughs) On the 55. Yeah, on the the glamorous 55. Christine, welcome to the programme. Lovely to have you here. Yes, thank you so much for inviting me. cool, calm and collected, I have to say. I tend to look like that. That most times. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Christine's making a cool face. <laughs> listeners as well. Um, let's dive straight in with the music. We've promised our listeners some cuts from big names and from some more kind of left field names as well. Who knows? We're going to start with you, Kate, with Wulu. Should we have a bit of blame to kick us off? To get us in the mood. Yeah. So, yeah let's do that. This is blame from Wulu. That's Wulu. He's meaning it. I thought I'd kick us off with something, you know, yeah. that was a real sausage on the barbie kind of uh, mood. <laughs> OK. But he is from South London and part of this very interesting group of artists down there with like Mika Levi, Tirza, other artists who are always moving in between spaces and making very experimental music. And he's got a load of other incredible South London artists on his album, like Asha, Lexa Moore, Leia Sen, Ego LMA, who's an incredible uh, neo-soul artist down south. Morgan Simpson from Black Midi, that brilliant sort of, I don't know, free jazz. Don't want change from that. Noise band. So you're bringing together this really awesome list of collaborators and other interesting characters from this sort of experimental South London scene. This record, Loggerhead, it's released on Warp. It's coming out on Warp on the mm-hmm. 8th of July. So that's a, that's a record label that really, you know, is championing experimental left-field artists who are always pushing boundaries and pushing things forward. And what I really love about the pool of musical genres that Willie pulls on is that he's going for new metal quite a lot. Yeah, because I was, <laughs> I was, I was listening, the first time I listened to this track in preparation for this programme, I was kind of surprised to hear actual drum kits crashing in there rather than a sample or something like that. It's re- It's got a lot going on. It's a real, it's a beautiful rough and tumble of a sound. Definitely, right? yeah. It's very dystopian as well. I think that this record, it very much captures the sort of dystopian landscape of the city and there's a lot of bleakness and despair, a lot of themes of kind of broken Britain in here. There's not really any uplifting tunes, I would say. And you could, it's a sausage on the barbecue, but, <laughs> but nonetheless, it's a dystopian sausage. It's a burnt sausage <laughs> oh, that's been don't. tossed on the floor. No, but um, just going back to the uh, the sort of pool of influences again, you know, yeah. I can hear 
corn and there's kind of mercuried bass lines and there's kind of drums, the slipknot drums in there. I can hear you know, rap, there's some spoken word, there's sort of some Red Hot Chili Peppers is one of the influences that's put down here and you can hear this kind of amazing funk bass lines. Yeah. And then the, my favourite tune, the last song, Time, it sounds like sort of melodic alt-rock, like my vitriol smashing pumpkins or something. And there's loads of sort of um, group choruses. And Warp Records have not been synonymous for a time, I suppose, with that sort of very experimental electronic stuff. But nonetheless, as you said, this is a label where you look at the spine of the record, you look at the maker's name kind of thing, and you, can, you, know, that you're not, you know that you're not going to know what you're getting, right? Definitely. It's a sort of trademark of what the of WTF yeah and also that you're going to get characters I think Warp's very good at picking out amazing characters like Squarepusher for example and I think Wooloo's another one of those characters he feels quite uh, mysterious to me you know I, I don't really feel like I kind of know exactly what he's about you don't know where he fits in he's 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 between the cracks yeah yeah but I like but I like that. Yeah. I really, I really appreciate artists who, who sort of refuse to kind of, you know, explain exactly what things are about, and they leave things a little bit gauzy. I'm thinking the song of his that I know the most is probably Harlem Jazz that he released off the Touching Bass oh, um, yeah. compilation. That one is very, like, it's very soulful. Like, you know, his vocals are really coming through on that. He's got a good good voice on and this one it is more I'm surprised that he's like leaning more towards spoken words I think so it's like as you're saying I, I really think he is someone who he, he definitely doesn't sounds like a bit of a cliche but he doesn't box himself ever in what he's doing it's amazing I love it it's a great choice it's kicked you both off really nicely thank you Kate for your records we heard Blame by Wulu and the album is called Loggerhead that's out on the 8th of July on the aforementioned Warp Records Christine welcome to the programme once again hi Yes, hello. Lovely to speak with you. <laughs> I'm feeling slightly like you're putting that in inverted commas. She's sounding like that. She's putting that in quote marks. Lovely to be here, guys. No, 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 no. It's all, my voice just sounds like that sometimes, to be honest. But yeah. So you've chosen Beyonce. I have chosen Beyonce. Yeah. Now, we should say, before we switched on the microphones, we are in the green room. Kate was talking about her new podcast, the new series of The Last Bohemians, and saying, oh, thank goodness I didn't drop my trailer on the same day that Beyonce <laughs> announced her yeah. new album. And I'm always getting the two confused as well. Look, if anyone's going to steal your thunder, yeah, I mean, look, you know, they're very interesting. If anyone's going to steal your thunder, it may as well be Beyonce. May as well be Beyonce. Exactly. To get us in the mood, Christine, you've chosen a little bit of Kitty Cat. This is from 2006. A great track. I'm very excited to hear this, like, through my headphones right now, so. Nice. You know I hate sleeping alone, but you said that you would soon be home. But baby, that was a long time ago. Everyone's in an amazing mood now, especially Steph and Sophie in the uh, in the control room there. So, back with a bang. It's Beyonce. Mm-hmm. What fresh information have we got on Beyonce? What's she up to this time? The Christine? thing is with Beyonce is that she is the type of artist who you really can't find out anything about her unless she wants you to. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you know, with this album, obviously there's the there's probably, you know, the press release that's gone out, but pretty much everything I've, that I've been seeing has been saying pretty much along the words of 
It's coming out sometime around the end of July. It's going to be a lot of songs, but we don't know what it is. So it's Wreathed kind of in like, mystery. Exactly, exactly. Okay. And I feel like at this point of Beyonce's career, she's very much at the level that she can do pretty much whatever she wants. Even on her last album, she was, you know, playing with a lot of different genres, like a lot of different styles. I think it's hard to even forecast for her what she wants to get into or what she's going to start doing but it very much is the case where she's the artist where she's at the level that no one's telling her what to do she's just going to go out and do it and yeah. like we're just going to open our ears and listen I think that whenever I feel really bad for whoever else is going to drop an album on the same day because they <laughs> might be yeah but yeah. at least she's told us this time exactly. 26th of July right because uh, yeah. usually yeah. it's just like oh surprise here's my album at least she's mm-hmm. given people notice mm-hmm. you know a little, a few weeks notice so they can't you know <laughs> they, they can move their release dates around they move their wedding <laughs> literally or something yeah right <laughs> so it's called Renaissance mm-hmm. we were wondering we were kind of going well you had a line on this which was kind of like when is it when does it not feel like a Renaissance or exactly. is that should, should she have leaved a lot longer hiatus between records to call it something like this so I know a Officially, her last album was Lemonade, which came out in 2016, mm-hmm. I believe. So it technically is around, um, you know, five, six years since her last album, which mm. maybe is what the title is playing on. I know, obviously, because of Homecoming, a lot of people would kind of regard that as her last kind of big blowout thing. But I mean, I guess you're right in saying pretty much everything she's been releasing over the past couple of years feels like a, a bit of a surprise. I think that when she went with, you know, the Lion King album, it did surprise a lot of people how much she was, you know, pulling off, you know, Afro beats and, you know, the pool of collaborators that she was selecting on. I think that is something that, for me as a listener, that's something that I very much have my eyes on Beyonce for. It's like, who are you kind of reaching out for? Who are you Mm. reaching out to in terms of what you're doing? I guess the question is now really, you know, I guess one of her standout albums that she's had, you know, over the last kind of like 10, 15 years has been like, obviously like Lemonade. And, you know, the amazing, you know, really measured work she was doing, kind of the application of, like, theory and thinking about, especially what it means to her as, like, a black woman to be, like, in this space or in music in general. I'm kind of interested to see whether that's something she will reach back to or or how she's going to, I guess, develop her, her artistry at this stage. It's kind of hard to say with someone like Beyonce because she could do anything and we'd probably all laugh it up. Yeah. yeah, she's going to do you know a bit of a Kendrick and kind of really delve into the last sort of three years, and mm. yeah, maybe she's going to make a, a comment. I mean, yeah. you know, mm. the Black Lives Matter, you know, everything that happened in twenty twenty, and you know that was such a massive pivotal moment. So it was going to be really interesting to see how she or if she delves into that. And maybe maybe we're all expecting that. Maybe it's just going to be a disco album. It could. Be. You know Absolutely. what I mean as well. You know, Absolutely. it's kind of like. She's you know. But what, what's the thing? Is it always means something? Someone of that stature that means that much for different reasons and all reasons to different people. You can't make a statement about your record or name your record or hint at a musical t- style or exactly. anything without people reading the tea leaves, right? Which which I love. Even well. with her last record, you know, there was a lot of social commentary that did come out of you know the film attached to the work also you know the music itself who she picked as collaborators you know about kind of ownership and and topics around that and I think that I guess that is one of the caveats of being an artist of this level you know thinking about what does your work always have to be a statement or can it just be something that very much makes people like want to dance yeah right it's always there's pressure on that okay so Christine chose Beyonce's upcoming LP it's called Renaissance and that's gonna be out on July the 29th. Bated breath can be unbated then at the end of next month. Kate, we're coming back to you. Calypso Rose. She's still going strong. She's 82. She is. Shall we hear in what kind of fettle she's in? Absolutely. This is Watina. Uh... 
That was Calypso Rose with a new track called Watina. It's from an album called Forever, and it's out at the end of August. Don't breathe in for this one because you might not make it to the end of August. So what kind of fettel is Calypso Rose in? Kate? Yeah, I mean, I hope when I'm 82 that I'm sounding as good and looking as good as Calypso Rose. Yeah. I know I started off with a choice that was a bit bleak, but now, you know, I really feel like I'm bringing... The There's, it's hard to hard you. to bring hard to incorporate the word dystopian into Calypso Rose's <laughs> new LP, surely. But let's do, I mean, you know, let's go there if you'd like. So for the uninitiated, <laughs> Calypso Rose is a sort of high priestess and mother of Calypso music. She was one of I think she was the very first female or woman Calypsonian in the nineteen sixties when it was all a total um sausage party. And she's also she's a queer elder and she's also an activist. I think there's this idea that Calypso, because of the way it sounds, is, you know, and it's jubilant and it's fun and it's party music and we associate it with with carnival, that somehow it, it, it lacks bite. And yeah. actually a lot of Calypso music is very political and subversive and also quite satirical so with this track Watina, i mean it's a great party track you've got carla santana on it you know it's going to be a good party track when you've got carla santana's little riff on there yeah but she's paying homage to the garifuna who were a caribbean people scarred by slavery and excluded by memory and whose population now lives in the United States and then a kind of a few Central American countries. So she's got the Garifuna Collective on this track as well in kind of homage and in celebration of that. So there's always this sort of uh, political and activist sort of mess. I mean, apart from sort of her early tune, I think one of my favourite ones is 1972 Sexy Hot Pants. Which right. is an absolute banger. <laughs> it sounds like a sort of portmanteau <laughs> song somehow. Two ideas and song titles <laughs> sort of forged together yeah, under the hot sun. Definitely. The hot clipso sun. I don't think that's one of the tracks on this new album because she is revisiting a lot of her classics and she's giving them a bit of a fresh spin. So she's yeah. brought in contemporary collaborators, if you like, like dancehall artist Mr. Vegas. You've got soca performer Macho Montano. She's got Manny Chow. Almost inevitably Manny Chow. Manny Chow. There yeah. he is. Yeah. He's everywhere. He's there. This is lovely stuff. I had no idea. I was guilty of feeling like Clipso is just kind of good time, summertime island music and not realising it's kind of like... It's got some points of view. It's spiky and bitey. Definitely. But, I mean, Calypso Rose, she did songs that have changed the sort of minimum wage in Trinidad and Tobago. So she released a track commenting on, you know, how awful this... And the government changed the law and raised the minimum wage. So there's quite a few examples of tracks like that and songs in Calypso that have really, you know, changed the way that people live. Calypso Rose is back with Forever. We heard... Watina from it. That is out, as we said. Don't hold your breath for it, but do get it when it comes out on August the 26th. Christine, we're back to you for Lil Silver. Should we have a bit of another sketch to get us in the mood? Indeed, indeed, indeed. Man, there are a lot of nice things happening just in that bit of that song. 
that song is is incredible. It's got a lot of gorgeousness going on there. Yeah, and I think it's just so kind of indicative of like Lil Silver's production in yeah. general. He's somebody who, to me, he's really got like his own sound and his own style. I guess like in the way that you know some producers, I guess contemporary people like Kate Trinada, for example, are really popular now. They have like tones and like sounds and noises in their production that people really associate with them. With him, it's you know I just think he's got his own style that is quite unlike a lot of other producers that I've. Heard kind of contemporarily, so he's someone who always just excites me. What he puts out, he's a producer as well as an artist in his own right. Does mm-hmm. he kind of get this toolbox out, this color palette out for the people he's he's produced for, collaborates with, or is he? Does this sort of sound identifiably different, or does this sound like a more sort of selfish? Lil Silver, this, this I mean, record. so from what I've, you know, understood... Selfish of, not in a bad way. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> from what I've understood of his, like, record or, like, his discography so far, he is somebody, it's very much like... I'm thinking of probably, again, I was saying before because of the studio we're in, I'm thinking of Pharrell, again, about how he says about his music is like a palette for the other artists. His music is like holding up the mirrors to them and that's really something I would associate with Lil Silver as well. I think he does have his frequent collaborators like on this record again, you know, he's got Samfron there and there's people who he produces for quite a lot like Banks and, you know, he mm-hmm. works quite he works quite in depth on a lot of their records but I think that he is somebody who, when I hear an artist on his record, it, it's something different than their own catalogue, like a Samfron and Lil Silver track isn't like a Samba track if that if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. It's more yeah. it's more upbeat, it's more it's more dense, like it's more it's more late. Not that Samba's tracks aren't any of those things. But yeah, he's somebody who definitely I really think he's he's got like a lot of grime influences. You know, he's he's been producing for a long time, I think since like around two thousand nine or so. Yeah. Really came up in the grime scene, like came up in like the electronic scene. So he's got so many different musical references that he pulls from yeah and i think that you can really hear it like that track is like such a great example of like what he's doing in that in that sort of vein kate started off talking about wulu and how that music seems to kind of happily skip between the cracks in the page and the sort of genres mm. what are we talking about with lil silver we, he doesn't want to be put in a pigeonhole is it a chill out album um, not completely. I think it kind of goes up and down. I think some of the title tracks that I've heard, you know, like this one, are, are very much in that vein, quite soothing. You yeah. know, again, it's like even some of his older tracks are, are a bit similar. Like another one that I really like of his is uh, one that he has with Cautious Clay from a couple of years ago that, you know, he's got an amazing vocalist on there as well, George Fitzgerald, who is actually featuring on this track as well. But yeah, he's kind of somebody who it's even hard to place like how he's worked in the influences, if it makes sense. Like every time I hear him, I get a bit confused almost I'm like, yeah right oh, how did you pull from this how did you get that in there i mean i i largely categorize it as yeah electronica but i think he is very much somebody who you know he's got the upbeat more like breakbeat influences like there's there's a lot yeah. going on there. he's so interesting because he came from uk funky and you mm-hmm. can hear in that chat the kind of this is technical dun, 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 in the mm-hmm. that was a terrible uh, <laughs> example of drums and why I'm not a professional musician, but I can feel like you can. I felt hear... like he was in the room there. For yeah, <laughs> that's what I... he's doing in the studio. Can you just make it a bit more? <laughs> After me. <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. but I feel like you can hear that kind of a little, a tiny little glimmer of that sort of yeah. like drum pattern or rhythm or whatever yeah. in the uh, technical. In the uh, <laughs> is it called a groove uh, in in that track? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't think we need to play more tracks. We can just get Kate to hum them, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so that's Lil Silver. By the way, the record, which is out on July the 15th, is called Yesterday is Heavy September. 
That is a gorgeous sounding proposition. Mm. Yesterday is heavy September. Wow. I love that. That's a kind of talking of gauzy. That's a smoky, gauzy, beautiful idea to play mm. with, isn't it? Mm. I like that. Should we say it? Should we all say it? Yesterday is a heavy September. Yesterday is a heavy September. Wow, Sounds we did good that in here, perfectly. Right? New sleep tape coming to you from <laughs> Monocle Radio. I mean, I've unsurprisingly made a massive mistake, despite how great you two sound in harmony. Is the album my mistake? Is called Yesterday is Heavy. Uh, Just Yesterday is Heavy. But none. Right. But never mind. Yeah. Never still mind. Good. It's still gonna. It's still gonna lodge in people's memories. It's still gonna go out, and they're gonna listen to Lil Silver's new album. Quite embarrassing that I didn't correct you on that after we said that. Uh, September could be the remix album. Yeah, yeah that's, the, yeah. that's the, we're just giving them a title right yeah. there. Do yeah. with it what you will, Lil Silver. Okay, that was Christine's <laughs> choice. It's Lil Silver. That is out on July the fifteenth. That sounds amazing. I love that. Kate, it's back to you for your mm. final choice, I think. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah having yeah, a drink yeah, there, yeah, cooling yeah. down. It's good. Keep hydrated. It's, yeah, Always yeah, wise. It's actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Let's see what I did there. Yeah. And it's a band I've never heard of called what? <laughs> the, uh, the yeah, 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 I get it now. Should we have a bit of That's... spitting off the edge of the world? This is featuring Perfume Genius. Time to extinguish your lighters and stop holding them aloft as you sway down the front row. That That's was, what Kate was doing. That was me last week <clears throat> at Brixton Academy. I went to see Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs and mm-hmm. it was just like all women in, you know, 35 years old just sort of swaying, really. Um, <laughs> no, actually, it wasn't. It was a yoga class. Yeah, no, surely. it wasn't. It wasn't at all. We were, I mean, it was a really electric show and they opened with that track, um, which is a lead single from Cool It Down, Mm -hmm. the new album. And it was just, it was just brilliant. That is, I know, I love, I love this. I didn't realise they'd been away for so long. Yeah. 2013 was Mosquito. Yeah, that's it. I think Karen O took some time off to be with her children. She didn't feel like it was the right moment. And then it's kind of all come together really well because we're officially allowed to be nostalgic about the early to mid 2000s, even the late 2000s now. Are we? Because it's been 20 years. That makes me feel even older than I am. Right. And so there's all that. (laughs) Right. You know, you've heard of the. (laughs) Kate just goes right. You're right to feel that because it's true. (laughs) It's true, true. we're all old now. And we know this because on TikTok, all the kids, the cool kids, are talking about indie sleaze, you know, which is what they've termed the phrase for the period in the mid-2000s when the AES were, you know, were around and at their peak. So it's kind of come at an interesting moment, their kind of comeback, if you will. With this album, they've kind of created this sort of synth apocalypse kind of sort of scenario it's very sort of space disco in places i think there's one track on it wolf where it sounds a bit like kylie to be honest and they've got another track fleas which is a really sort of punky funky esg very new york okay, nice. type of song yeah and it also just sounds freaking massive i mean that track it's like a kind of anthemic um, yeah. Like stadium music. Yeah. yeah. It's like stadium music. It's mm. but cool. Yeah, stadium <laughs> But cool. Music. 
It's big. There is largesse in the AAAs, as well as all the spiky, funky, punky New York CBGB stuff as well, we're presuming. It's on an album that's coming out right at the end of September, the 30th. It's called Cool It Down. It's the AAAs. Right at the end of summer, when we will indeed be cooling it down. And that's why we've got Kate Hutchinson in to say things like that on our show. Thanks, Kate. Right, Christine, your final choice is Shy Girl. Should we have a bit of come for me? Absolutely. I'm so excited for this one, yep. It's coming up from Shy Girl from an album called Nymph. That's also out on the 30th of September. Christine, fill in the blanks for us. Um, yeah, so Shy Girl is this album, I think, is coming out sometime in September, but Shy Girl's actually been working on this since last year or before that I'm aware so I actually interviewed her sometime last year and I really think that she is she's an artist who is like wildly like dedicated to her craft and is making music in a space that's very much very left field very electronic very alternative as you can have just heard mm. from that track but it's almost kind of reaching like a mainstreamy sort of position like Shigel has a really big fan base right now like she's at all the festivals you know she's really kind of doing the round she's got such a loyal kind of people attached Sure, and I think it's because you know her music is really, you know, in, in a space that you can't really compare to to other people. So you know, for example, like that song that you just heard, that one was produced by Arca. She has like a list of collaborators who she who she refers on quite quite a lot, like Sega Bodega, like obviously like the late Sophie as well. Like she's very much making music that is you know Euro trans alternative dance, and it's it's very strange. Like she's playing with her delivery, and that that song is like. A great example of that. Again, there's a lot packed into that. There's a lot to mm-hmm. unpack in mm-hmm. that, right? That's so interesting you say that that was produced by... I knew that was going to be Arca. Exactly, you can hear it. Yeah. Hear it. like there's What are we listening for with Arca? Then? Incredible producer that's working with deconstructed kind of, I guess, reggaeton or dancehall beats, but the beats sound like they're kind of concrete blasting, you know? Yeah, it's this yeah. kind of deconstructed club music that they are really kind of prominent in working with and then adding those kind of very crystally choir sounds like dropping those in almost like a horror soundtrack but yeah. it sounds yeah. pop I'm so fascinated by all of those crew of producers and how that has become mainstream I mean if you look at Charlie XCX for example mm-hmm. working with PC mm-hmm. Music which is yeah. one of the labels that kind of works with a lot of those artists like Sophie 10 years ago mm. what Arca was making was really out there and now it's like you know chart music Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's weird yeah how do we account for that is it just like the broadening of the mainstream is it the fact that you now we know what people are listening to rather than people what people are kind of buying as such they're different things because it seems these are your notes by the way this uh, christine it says that shy girls listed mariah carey aphex twin madonna Björk, and rasheen murphy as her musical influences Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which you can kind of hear in all of that stuff it's just not the bits we maybe would kind of 
it's not the kind of melodies or something that we cling on to. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the interesting thing with Shigo is that she was telling me during the interview that when she was a child, her dad used to work in a club and he would drop like CDs like in her room for her to listen to like every night. And it would be like the most like kind of like out there, like references sort of thing. So she's been kind of listening to this sort of music right. since childhood. Yeah. And I think, I guess in reference to your question about thinking about how this music can sort of move into the mainstream, I think, I think the internet is a big part of it I also think it's kind of like the you know how people are really moving into the different subcultures now mm. I think that you know PC music and like the big fan base that they have there like the hyperpop movement and how there's such a big uptake in terms of people really I guess like maybe just kids like in their houses hearing this online from only God knows what corner of the yeah. earth and realising that okay there are artists that are committed to these genres and are actually going to keep making them for us I think that's a big part of what has you know drawn people into into I guess her fan base and like the fan base of like other people in that in that sort of realm as well I would think yeah and just on Shago finally this she's she's referenced all these people that have a great kind of visual you know, Apex Twin, I mean, you know, the promos for that. I mean, another warp artist, one of those sort of definitive warp artists, all the promos. But then Mariah, Madonna, Björk, Rasheen Murphy, these people with such a kind of strong visual thing. Exactly. Is that part of her makeup as well? Absolutely. Yeah. Undeniably, yeah. I know she works with like a trusted team as well. I think mm-hmm. Misha Notcut, I believe her right. name is, that um, is a frequent collaborator that helps her with a lot of like her visuals, that yeah. sort of thing. And again, I think that, you know, her styling, her imagery, you know, she is somebody who's very much placed within the fashion world as much as she mm-hmm. is in the music world. Like I know she's like friends with like Telfar Clemens, who's obviously massive in fashion right yeah. now. Also, um, you know, she did like a Burberry campaign. You can see I'm a bit of a shy girl stand right now. And yeah, so she, nice. she she is somebody who her visual imagery is, is just a spot. You know, even if you look at um, Alias, which is her last EP, like the cover art for that, the album artwork for that was so standout. I think it's something that really does attract a lot of her, a lot of her fan base as much as, you know, the music as well. It opens up so many interesting avenues talking about this stuff with you two. It's brilliant. That was Christine talking finally and definitively about Shy Girl. We heard Come From Me. It's from an album called Nymph, and that is out. You're going to have to wait until the end of September for that, the 30th of September, for the Shy Girl album. Thank you both so much. I'm afraid that's all we've got time for today. If you can't be bothered to listen to the new Beyoncé album, who will, frankly, in, around the world, then possibly at the same day it's coming out. The Last Bohemian. You could listen to my exploits in Los Angeles. Yeah, I make a podcast about maverick old women in arts and culture. And earlier this year, I went to Hollywood in search of the wildest women in the city of angels. And yeah. uh, oh boy, I found them. So I've got Angeline, who's this kind of cult LA legend uh, and billboard queen. I've got Gloria Hendry, who's a Bond girl. Uh, Linda Ramone, who is the widow of Johnny Ramone of the Ramones. I've got a huge lineup of incredible performance artists, incredible legendary artists like Betty Sarr. I mean, yeah, it's coming out on the 6th of July and I hope you like it. And there's a trailer up on Spotify and other places where you might listen to a podcast now. And that's very entertaining and very good. And it's a wonderful podcast. Christine, I feel like we should give you a shout out here. Absolutely. I'm ready to advertise myself to whoever (laughs) may be listening. I'm writing a book right now okay um, it's not on music unfortunately but it will be fiction you know it might come out next couple of years depends on when i finish writing it but yes please just google my name hope that i finish the book and if it's out please buy it i like it christina yeah, short and sweet there yeah. okay she's shouting out as well 
And if you're after any more musical recommendations, we should say Monocle on Culture Regular, Fernando Augusto Pacheco, you'll know his voice and his name very well, has fashioned the ultimate holiday playlist combining fresh releases and timeless classics, which can be found in the July-August issue of Monocle. That is in all good news agents now. Monocle on Culture is produced by Sophie Monaghan-Coombs and Steph Chung-Goo. And Steph also edits the show. Our researcher this week was Isabel Rosen. We'll be back at the same time next week. But until then, from me, Robert Bounds, thank you very much for tuning in. 